Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. If you'd like a little more from HCI, stay tuned to the end of our podcast for a great opportunity on one of our award-winning conferences. Today, I am joined by Alex Prestia, and Alex is currently an HR manager for the Metropolitan Transportation Commission in San Francisco. He has a master's degree in HR and organizational development from the University of Georgia and has 15 plus years experience working in HR, HR consulting, and operations management for both public and private sectors. Welcome, 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 Alex. Good morning. Thank you for that introduction. It makes me sound so professional. And so, so it sounds great. Thank you. You are professional. You are professional. <laughs> it sounds great. I always love reading these headlines of folks uh, to be interviewed on this podcast. It always gives us a little bit more about their past. So I know we were talking before we uh, hopped on here today, Alex, mm-hmm. about how interesting your organization is. We were chit-chatting a little bit about that. So I'd love for our viewers, if you don't mind, if we can kind of start with that very thought or question about MTC. We know it's a government agency, but we also know it isn't run as we would traditionally expect it to. So can you tell us a little bit more about your organization and, and the approach? Sure. We are a niche, local, miscellaneous government organization. So we're not city, we're not state, we're not county. Um, We're a small, specialized, uh, local miscellaneous is how we get (laughs) categorized. Um, We service the entire Bay Area region. Um, We've got about 300 employees, um, predominantly professional. A lot of folks have secondary degrees because we have a lot of niche areas that we focus on. Um, And we have to be a really nimble organization in order to service all the different areas that we focus. Um, We report to a board that is made up of partially appointed, partially elected commissioners that represent each of the nine Bay Area counties. Um, And even though our office location is in San Francisco, Francisco. We have a focus across all of the Bay Area. Um, And so we started out in the basement of a hotel in like the 1970s um, with a very specific focus. Yeah, yeah. And with a very specific focus on transportation planning. Um, And then it grew and evolved to focus on operations, financing, Mm -hmm. revenue and investing, um, some technology solutions, Um, We focus on estuary planning, energy consumption and conservation, affordable housing. Uh, So a lot of different things that go with metropolitan planning and city planning that expand beyond transportation. And because our initiatives, um, it's kind of this mutuality arrangement that we have where we can make recommendations to the board and the board can make decisions and then give us directives on what we're supposed to focus on. So we change our focus outside of our core duties um, that are you know, locked in uh, for about maybe 40% of what we focus on. But then we change our focus about every four to five years as different initiatives pop up for what we need to address in the Bay Area. We have a reputation as being an agency, a government agency that can get things done. And so we have a lot of freedom and we have 
Um, a lot of dedicated folks who come in for a particular mission for what they want to see in public service for the better good of the Bay Area. And they just come in and they deliver. And so mm -hmm. we're not quite so, you know, stoic and, and immovable as you might think of when you think of slow government agencies. We are quite fast and uh, we, we change things around. So there's a lot of change management needs for, for our agency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that you had mentioned um, that you are nimble, and I heard you say that every four or five years, your focus um, adjusts based on, you know, bringing information to the board and then board making those decisions. I mean, that's a pretty strategic way to run your organization, and like you said, maybe a little different than how we might, or as the listeners might conceive of a typical government organization by being able to be quickly nimble and, and changing that strategy every four to five years. So that's pretty amazing mm -hmm. that you're able to do that. And I am, I, I appreciate that you added the outside of just literally transportation. It really does sound like your community and metropolitan and really sunk in to what's going in that into the Bay Area besides just that transportation. So I'm glad you added that so that the listeners are aware too. So what we wanted to talk about with you today, Alex, is really around, um, you know, some tenants around leadership. And one of the things that we've heard about what you all have done was some leadership coaching. So could you walk us through why did that become a priority? Why did you seek out leadership coaching for your organization? Sure. So I've been with MTC, I'm coming up on my five-year anniversary, and so there's there was a lot to learn, a lot to soak in, and um, thankfully a lot to do. I'm, I'm a very big doer. I like to get things yeah. done, which is part of why I mesh well with MTC. There's a lot of folks who like to get things done. Mm -hmm. um, and my understanding when I joined in terms of our approach to leadership development coaching is it was a little bit of like an unwritten policy that when we'd have a new director... Um, well, I can talk a little bit about structure. We have uh, our, our management staff uh, folks, and then we have general staff. So management staff is anyone who's at like assistant director and above, assistant director, director, deputy executive director, and then our chief executive office, along with our office of general counsel. So everyone there is considered management staff. So when we have someone new join the management staff, either through a direct hire or through promotion, unwritten policy that, you know, within their first two years, we try to get them a leadership development coach and kind of work on their own personal growth and development to the benefit of, you know, the agency and their teams. Um, it was not strategic. And that's something that I wanted to update and I wanted to change. Um, that's part of my background. And we had that opportunity as we had a major shift um, with our executive director, Steve Heminger, of almost 20 years or just over 20 years, uh, retired. And we brought in our new executive director, Therese McMillan, who actually was a boomerang. She had worked at MTC for mm -hmm. over a decade, left and worked under the Obama administration, and then uh, worked at LA Metro for a little bit and came back to the agency to be our new executive director. And she brought in a desire to also invest in people at all staff levels. And um, we saw this as a great opportunity to really be more strategic about this approach um, and change the culture to where um, the culture at MTC when I joined had always had a strong investment in its people and uh, a desire, yet it wasn't as strategic. It, again, it was more unwritten policy, find out what you can get, 
yeah, we'll support that, go do it. And so the shift um, in, was here and that we had so many retirements and so many uh, folks that were moving ar around, around all the same time, we wound up having about 15 new folks in a two year period join MTC or be promoted to the management staff level at our director level or at our assistant director level. So we saw this as a great opportunity to um, create a cohort, create a purpose, mm -hmm. uh, tie it into our new executive director's vision for um, how to show up at work and how to be a leader. And so that's where all of uh, this kind of got started. We heard what she was talking about. I knew we had the ability to make a great proposal. So we went out and looked for different resources and found Ace Up. Um, we were really pleased with uh, what they offered and, and we made a pitch and we made a plan and we've been working on it since, since then. I heard you say when the, the new executive director came on board, that statement of, you know, we want to invest in people at all staff levels and not mm -hmm. just focus on, I think you called it that management staff, the, the directors, mm -hmm. assistant directors, deputy directors, chief executive office uh, roles. That's amazing because you're right. I think a lot of organizations you know, do focus on that higher level and then below is all ad hoc. Mm -hmm. you know, almost an as needed. So that, what a great response and great for you all to, to hear, hear the need and investigate those resources like you did with ASAP. So tell me then, Alex, what was the response? So you brought ASAP in, what was the response from the team who actually received, or, or this cohort, I suppose you use that term, who received the coaching? How did that turn out? Uh, the first cohort was, went phenomenally and we're in the middle of our second cohort right now and it's going okay. really well as well. So the first cohort, again, we targeted folks who were within their first two years of being a new leader at MTC, either by direct hire or through promotion. Mm -hmm. um, we again, and we made it part of a holistic approach. So we presented a three year plan for overall staff development and leadership development, focusing on bringing in on-the-spot training for staff, leadership, uh, we, we created a leadership development course for supervisors and for staff so that we can train them up to be future leaders. And then we also created this leadership coaching and development cohort for our current leaders, which we tied in with another partner um, that we were uh, doing a series of diversity, equity, inclusivity workshops, um, which was, uh, also organically developed from feedback that we were getting from staff. Like, what do you want to see? If we're going to invest more in people, what are the different elements of what you want to see? So we took all that feedback, made this large holistic plan. So first and foremost, our leadership team who are part of the first cohort really appreciated that it wasn't just a focus on them and that it was a large agency holistic endeavor. We have solutions for staff, solutions for supervisors. We have a topic focus that is important to the agency for diversity, equity, inclusivity. And we have the one-on-one -on -one coaching and development that we're working with ASAP for. So understanding the big picture was an important part of that and understanding where this was coming in. Um, being able to dip our toes and start with a smaller cohort, I think was also a smart decision so that folks who may or may not be open to coaching can kind of see how it goes um, and see how the first group responds. And so um, we started with the initial 15. Their feedback on how ASAP ran it and how spectacularly the kickoff went um, really made them feel as though the agency was investing in 
something that was going to work and something that was specially built for them. So that was a big positive. Um, ASUP worked with our leadership team to kind of look at like, what is your vision of success? What do you want the outcomes to be? So this wasn't just an ad hoc leadership development. We were really tying it into what the agency thought it needed to get done and what success would look like. So investing in people, uh, deconstructing silos, being able to develop strong teams, uh, a focus on equity and inclusion. These were some of the, the main points that ASAP uncovered through their initial needs analysis with the executive team that we shared with the first cohort. However, the first cohort, each individual was also able to select their own coach and select their own individual development topics. And they loved that aspect too. They felt like they weren't being mandated to go work on topics that the agency thought they needed. They, we, we shared with them what the agency wanted them to focus on and then said, now you go choose what you think, keeping in mind what we think we want. And so that blend of uh, bottom up and top down really worked well. We got a lot of positive feedback because they felt like, well, let me make a blend. Let me work on some things that I think I want. Let me also stretch myself on some things that I maybe I don't want to work on um, was also something that was encouraged. And so the options they loved, the way that the kickoff was managed, understanding you know the timelines for everything, the expectations, uh, the 360 reviews that were brought in, um, and then the tie-in to the overall bigger picture of the large holistic movement we were doing for overall staff development, leadership development, was all a part of what made folks switch their, their mindset from, yeah, that's nice, you're saying we're going to do this, but what are we actually doing type of mindset to where it's like, oh, we're doing this. This is great. So that's some of the feedback that we got because we did exit interviews after the first cohort ended, and that that's a lot of what they were talking about. So um so the first cohort was really successful. And then that allowed us to segue towards um, the second cohort, which we're in the middle of now, which was expanding it out to the yeah. rest of the management staff uh, to add in another 30 some odd folks, rest of management staff directors and the executive team to come in and, and kick off there. It's amazing. I'm I'm writing to, and I apologize. Did I just cut you off? Were you gonna? No, no. That was a great. Out? That was a great point. <laughs> well, I I'm listening to you, and I'm always jotting down notes. And I wrote down these three words: agile or nimble. Right? You call your organization nimble, personalized, and strategic. And when you're talking about this holistic plan, you make it sound so easy. And I know that it wasn't. And I will come back to any lessons learned that you may have had, but. Gosh, you guys just really had such a strategic thought. It sounds like no stone left unturned as you thought through the process, which I'm sure your your resource and ASAP definitely, uh, I suspect, helped perhaps guide you along that tremendously that path as well. Yes. So yeah, and the way you talk about it so eloquently, and like I said, it makes it sound so easy. So we'll come back to. I, I have a question before I want to get to what any feedback you can give us, but. Uh, but yeah, you just make it sound like it was just flawless, right? Like you just were able to, to get down to the nitty gritty and get it going and, and learn some things and move on to that next cohort. Mm -hmm. um, 
So let me ask you this. Like I said, before I get to what were some of those lessons learned, Mm -hmm. um, what about the other side of it, which are around those outcomes? So what outcomes are you experiencing as you're seeing, you know, especially the first cohort that's come through, obviously now you've widened it for the second cohort, but what are you seeing as a result of coaching for these leaders? Well, it really was very smooth. It wasn't without obstacles, but the first cohort really did go through really smoothly. And I would say coming out of that first cohort, some of the immediate outcomes is our directors like, okay, I'm going to take some of what I've learned to my staff. We're going to build a strategic plan, um, which is what we wanted them to do because they're Mm -hmm. new leaders. And so we want to get, breathe some life into there. So um, they use some of the tools that they have with their coaches to build a strategic plan to loop in their staff into co-building that with them, setting goals, create some sort of, you know, we don't call them departments here, we call them sections. So create some section culture and work towards those efforts. So we saw a couple of leaders start to do that. We saw a couple leaders start to focus on, okay, succession planning is what I need to focus on. And that's going to be what the need is because we have folks who are nearing that retirement age. They've got tons of knowledge. I need to engage with them so that we can get some knowledge capture, start working on these things and make you know their final year or two here really appreciative like they can get get working on something different than what they've been doing and start working on trying to help train up the future folks who are going to be here so those are some of the the things that they took action on um also just general word of mouth about how great the coaching experience was they shared it in their management staff meetings which is part of the breaking down silos thing to where they felt open talking about their development that's part of what the ace of coaches uh encourage them to do tell your peers what it is you're working on so that they can hold you accountable so those types of open conversations happening at our management staff meetings where our directors all meet, which built up excitement for the rest of the director's team to say, okay, I think I might start to want this. Um, The bigger picture overall goal of what we want and what ASAP also wants is to create a culture of coaching and to kind of not have this be a one and done type of thing, but to where this is an ongoing culture of coaching that we can build so that supervisors and people leaders move from being a little bit more dictatorial and task focused towards coaching focused and development focused to where they can um, find out what motivates their team or they can find out how to get a healthy blend of the ongoing tasks that need to happen and the bigger picture tie-in stretch goals that you can tie into the goals of the section and of the agency. Also, does your section have goals? Simply building those things out. So we have a lot of movement that happened out of that first cohort. And then moving into the second cohort, which we're a few months into right now, that was a bit of a shift because the first cohort was all of our new directors. So that's new life and new blood. They've got that, they've by default got that excitement. You know, I want to be a strong leader now that I've got that opportunity. Um, Whereas the folks who are in the second cohort, we expanded it out to the executive team, all of our directors, and all of our remaining management staff, folks who've been in those positions for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, who might have a certain type of, well, this is how we do things. And well, this is what's gonna wind up happening type of attitude. And we anticipated that that's gonna be part of the goal for this group is to kind of etch a sketch that up and say, what does new leadership at MTC really look like? And so we redid our executive analysis or needs analysis uh, had ASAP re-engage with our executives specifically on that focus. Like we know our goals and our vision of success are still the same. Yet, what are your concerns specifically with this group? Because 
what if, you know, through going through this development as coaching, something bubbles to the surface that a director has been sitting on for five years, for three years, for a while. And if they start getting, you know, that leadership presence to start addressing these things, mm-hmm. are we prepared as a leadership team, as an executive leadership team to address that? And how are you going to work with your coaches now that you're going through this to address those types of things? And we've seen some of that. And those are what might have been seen as prior as difficult conversations to where now they're understood as part of the challenge of how we move forward. Yes, this is an issue that your section has needed for years and you haven't gotten any leeway on it. You've got, it's the same partners, but you've got to challenge those assumptions that you know what's going to happen. And that's a, that's a conversation I had one-on-one with one of our directors. You've got to form new relationships with the people that you already have relationships with and use your coach for that purpose. And so we saw some successes there to where they're talking about increasing staffing to be able to manage this project and program that we made a commitment to that they hadn't gotten any leeway on, on being able to address these needs. And now they're getting movement on that. So those types of very mm-hmm. real to, you know, uh, results in mm-hmm. addition to the overall feel of, wow, we're doing things different here. Yeah. So I, and how that spreads across the agency, because the plan, the plan is to be able to move this forward along with the staff resources for training that we went forward with the leadership development course that we worked on for staff. There's an academy that we built separate from this, but part of the overall plan to where now our leadership is looking to expand this culture of coaching, making coaching available for staff in some capacity through some sort of strategic plan that we're, we're working on currently. And then also looking at, again, more sections, building out their section strategic goal, defining the culture of their section. In addition to we're changing, you know, turning the corner, changing uh, through everything that's been going on with the pandemic. Our agency went entirely remote and remained remote for the entire two years and made a decision to go hybrid with maximum flexibility for employees uh, with optimal agency efficiency is how we're calling it to where employees get the choice of how remote they want to be dependent upon which functions and tasks have to be done on site or off-site. And so that's a very big shift. And so how to manage that change Mm -hmm. to say, okay, what does culture look like now that a lot of folks are going to remain remote? Some folks are going to go in uh, to the office a couple times per week, and other folks are going to go in all the time based off of their own desire. And that shift definitely was aided by the fact that our leadership team and our management staff had coaches to bounce their concerns off of and to start to develop plans, to work on their communication skills, to champion uh, this change. And so there's a lot that we've been doing that the coaching in and of itself has been phenomenally uh, successful in supporting us through these change initiatives. It just sounds like it's become such a web, like here was our initial task, right? To come up with this holistic strategic plan around coaching, making sure we're impacting not only our leader, anybody in the organ, our staff and our management staff, Um, Mm -hmm. but it has spread like wildfire. And Alex, I love that you I was thinking about this as you were talking, because, you know, any organization can say, 
oh yeah, we've trained our leaders on how to be good coaches or coaching our leaders, but you really have thought through and I can tell you're passionate about it and it means a lot to you. And I suspect that's also that feeling and the energy from the organization, but you really are creating a culture of coaching. I mean, you said that, right? Like that's what you're really working towards is creating this and, and look what's coming out of it. You're, you just shared, you know, seven minutes of what's, what's coming out of it. Um, probably some intended and maybe some not so intended outcomes. That's awesome. I love it. I love that you all are doing this. And it, like I said, I can tell in your voice how exciting it is to be there. Yeah. And we're going to have to have you back because we're going to have to know two years from now, a year from now, Yeah, what's happening now? Where, how far have you guys made it? Are there other organizations now, you know, kind of mimicking what you all are doing? Yeah. Um, two years from now, we'll probably have a new initiative that we're focused Yeah, that's on. true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I mentioned to you, Alex, um, you speak so eloquently of it. And I know you had a great resource with ASAP working alongside with you and, and helping mm-hmm. to plan. But talk to me. I think our listeners would, it would be helpful. What if any lessons were learned as you went through this process? Sure. Um, one is that Adults like choice and they like freedom. (laughs) I think that was something that so much feedback was there. So getting the choices of coaching, um, being able to opt out. When we went to the larger cohort, there were about six folks, five, six folks who's like, I do not have the time for this because, you know, we, like so many people, we had staffing issues. We had to hit pause on hiring new folks when the pandemic first happened. And so we had a backlog of vacancies started to build. We had directors who were doing the work, you know, like the work work, rolling up their sleeves and doing work. And, and so now was not the time for them. So not forcing anybody into this and understanding, okay, well, this is also not a one and done. This is investment that we're doing for all people uh, across all levels. And so if now is not the time, accept that answer. Um, re- encourage them to continue to talk with their peers and find out more. Um, reinforce what we think the benefits are and say, okay, so in the next go round, we're gonna loop you in here. So that was also great. Um, I think understanding and anticipating that conflict could come up from somewhere. So don't try to control everything, but be in line with your leadership about how to manage that. And again, stick to your visions of success. So if something does unearth, if someone starts getting a voice, which is what you want them to have, and then they start to challenge something that this is how we've always done it, um, that's something that you should anticipate. And then how are we going to work through and manage that? And, And being able to say, well, our everyone's getting this coaching. So everyone's got this resource and these, these people skills that we're looking to build upon. So we're going to be more equipped to handle that. And this is what we're looking for. So, so conflict isn't a negative thing. It's how you're skilled and equipped to handle it. And do you have a vision for what success is to work you through it? So that's definitely a huge part of what you've got to understand and a lesson that we learned in terms of what really can we manage and how are we going to be able to move through those types of um, competing priorities and competing viewpoints? And then I think a good part of what we learned through this is that there's going to be a desire for more. If you're doing this in the right way, there's a desire for more. So from the get-go, and again, we are government and we are a small organization and you know, we had the desire to go big on this, yet 
in an uncertain time with uncertain revenue streams and uncertainty about what's going to be happening with transportation. How long is this pandemic going to last? We started intelligently with a smaller cohort, right? We dipped our toes in and then we expanded it out for more people. Um, and we've got a focus to move through this bigger. And we wanted to have this be a big endeavor, but we started slowly and incrementally built up to it. So it may sound great, like, oh, everybody got coaching and everybody went and it worked really, really well. Um, but remember, we did start small and then we incrementally introduced it. And I think that was a smart way to go because that's part of how change naturally happens. You have your early adopters and you have your stragglers. And so folks got to see for themselves, well, does it really work? What is this about? So I think um, in a lesson learned there, we anticipated well and then got that confirmation. Like that was a good approach for us to take. We are still looking at going bigger and how do we get this to be an ongoing thing that's part of what we're strategizing right now um, and so we're in the middle of turning the corner from a first cohort second cohort type of mentality to this is how we operate at a leadership level um, this is a resource that we have ongoing for leadership and a resource that we want to introduce at staff level as well so that's where we're turning the corner so those are a few of the lessons yeah. learned that were there I think some of the obstacles, I think, listen to the folks who aren't interested, right? Don't challenge them or force them into it. Um, listen to them and then let them decide for themselves as you continue to reinforce the benefits, the strategic vision, and then let the folks who are going through it run their mouths and talk about how great it is. So, yeah. so it, you know, and then, yeah. uh, and then folks will start to pick up and join. Wow, that's amazing. This is thoroughly useful, I think, for a lot of organizations that are listening in and really thinking about, especially I think right now, you know, we hear a lot about compassionate leaders and leaders with empathy. And, and I certainly can imagine that fits into this concept of creating a coaching culture. So thank you, Alex, just your, your step-by-step and and how you were strategic with this and working with your ASAP partner and, and what lessons and obstacles. This is a great information for those that are listening in today if they're thinking about seeking out a coaching culture. Yeah, and if I can interrupt one yeah, small one more small thing, and this of is course. this is more transactional, you know. I know yeah. there's a lot of big statements here. ASAP does a great job in communicating and in talking with folks about where they're going, what's happening next, what the expectations are through the 360 process, through the kickoff, getting them involved in how to pick a coach, getting them involved in how to navigate, you know, selecting and setting up your appointments and and mm. um However, it was also important to have a communication plan internally because there's an expectation about what an ASAP email means and what a communication there. And then the communication from the HR, you know, leadership and people team that I have yeah. um, to reinforce part of the agency strategic messaging, right? So ASAP does a great job in guiding folks through it, but yeah. don't rely on that. Yes. Have your own internal strategic communications as well that point it. them back to the agency's goals in the agency yeah. vision, because you are giving them a lot of freedom to focus on their own development yep. and continue to communicate where they are and where we are as an agency in this overall larger movement. So that's, don't get spoiled by yeah. ASAP's strong 
strong yeah. uh, guidance. Well, yeah. and, and you <laughs> talked along the way, Alex, about change management, and that's a great, uh, you know, a, a tenant of change management is communicate, then over communicate. So you've got the support of your resource, but then also internally, what's that burning platform? What are we staying focused on? What are we moving towards? So that's a great bit of advice for folks who might think, ah, we'll just rely on our resource (laughs) and not not pull it in-house. So that's a a great ending there. Well, hey, we're just about to wrap up, Alex. I know you added a little bit there. Anything else you want to chime in before we wrap up for the day? Cindy, it was great to chat with you here. Um, yeah. So I, I really appreciate it. I, I'd be happy to come back and chat again in two years to talk yeah, about how, it. how it's going. Um, it. So I, and I just would impress upon folks who um, got sparked a little bit by this conversation to take a look at what this might mean for your organization. Investment in people yes. is really what makes a huge difference in getting things moving forward. And we mm-hmm. all need that right now yeah. with, with how many uncertainties there are. Um, building that culture of coaching is such a huge, valuable advantage for your organization. So thank you so much for letting me come in here and chat with you. It was certainly a pleasure. We loved having you and I cannot say it any better than you can. So I'm just going to head to my closing, (laughs) closing script, um, um, if you will. But gosh, Alex, thank you so much. We loved having you. And thanks to our Nine to Thrive listeners. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. At the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned to you an opportunity. We've got a special time-limited opportunity for you, our listener. If you use code POD20, that's P-O-D-20, you get 20% off our HR technology, data, and the employee experience virtual conference to be held on May 18th, 2022. This code will only be good for one week once this podcast drops. To register, go to hci.org forward slash conferences. For Nine to Thrive HR and for all of us here at HCI, we certainly appreciate you for tuning in. And thanks again, Alex, for being our guest today. Thanks, everyone. Make it a great day.